around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday again, and we are so glad to be back with you and share with you some wonderful things as we have prayed and believed God together that we'll be able to share with you uh, help turn the light on on some in some areas of your life that that maybe you need some some new and fresh enlightened understanding and then so that God can get down on the inside of all of us and and as the scripture says prick our hearts and get us uh, thinking like God wants us to think saying and doing what will be pleasing in his sight and then thirdly as Philippians chapter 2 says, and all through the New Testament, God's trying to work from the inside out, move on our will. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, you know that's always easier. <laughs> when God gets to moving with you, as Romans chapter 8 says, the Holy Ghost takes hold together with us and begins to pray with us, believe with us. We move into a wonderful, glorious atmosphere of moving with God. So that's Terry's in my prayer today, and we're believing God what we say is going to be a help. That's all there is to it. So darling, well, let's begin to share with the people uh, some of these wonderful treasured things. We have, we have gone the entire almost width of the United States, and uh, from top to bottom, north and south that is, and uh, shared with, with way up in Canada all the way down um, here we are tonight in Illinois, and we're going to be preaching at, at Pastor Sherry and uh, Daryl Dolby's church, and we are just thrilled about this. It's an exciting time, and then in a few days, we'll be going on down to the state of Texas and do some ministry down there. We just uh, are thrilled with what the Lord's doing. Well, we are. And it's Word Wednesday. <laughs> we always look forward to doing these podcasts. Yes. And, and you know, when we when we originally thought got the instructions to to do the podcast, you know, we we bought the right equipment. We bought the right. big uh, professional earphones <laughs> and big old cans to put on our ears. No, we bought the right. big professional right. soundboard. Right. We bought the big professional uh, microphones, big old nice microphones, and and uh, set them up at the office and so we could do a, oh, a really day. a really good job and not uh, you know do a ministry of excellence not just do it haphazard no, that's right but because we do it every wednesday we're just not home so <laughs> we'd either have to do a whole lot of them in advance on right. the days we're home you know which i don't like to do because i like to do them live and fresh and no that's uh, right. talk to the people about that's what's right. going on so we end up doing them just like we're doing this one today in a hotel room somewhere with your uh, cell phone uh, yeah on my <laughs> iphone and it does a good job but i, I don't want to short change the people or, or short you know uh cheat them by uh dumbing down stuff no, but yet, that's right. yet the iphone seems to seems to work and people say it works and it seems to bless them and help them and and but that sure wasn't the original idea. No, we we thought no. we'd do it. And you know we've even been invited to do television. We've been yes. offered our own television program, and and uh, where you and I sit and talk and and you know minister uh, a television program. But my goodness, I think that would even be more <laughs> of a <laughs> more of an anchor tied to my leg. But 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 I can see how we could 
do those if we just did them once a week or something. But right. but uh, we sure couldn't do them on the road. We sure no. couldn't just stop on no. the side of the road. Sometimes we've stopped on the side of the road and done the podcast in the pickup. Or Boy, in we. New Zealand a time or two, we just stopped and did, did it on the side of the road in a rental car uh, <laughs> overlooking some beautiful country. No, that's right. But today, it's called as you ministry said, we're on in, the go. Uh, today, as you said, we're in Illinois, and uh, we're going to minister tonight for Cheryl, uh, Sherry, excuse me, Sherry. And Daryl Dolby, who are long, long time friends of mine. Such sweet people. Uh, I've My known goodness. them for, uh, well, I've been preaching for them, and they've been partners for, uh, I guess, 20 years. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we're ministering for their Wednesday night service tonight. And then tomorrow we're actually going home. What a shock. After being gone uh, three, what, three and a half weeks? Oh, yes. And ministering yes. Uh, all the way to Canada and back. So, anyway, we're excited about what God's doing. Well, we really are. And, you know, when, when we look at where we are today and in the world and, and that um, there's a clock ticking uh, with the world and what the Holy Spirit is trying to do, and we just really sense the urgency to get the word out and to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to help people and, and let them know, um, you know, exactly uh, what is expected of them in these last days. And I want to remind the church, the people of God, that, you know, it, uh, Peter said that it's time that judgment begin at the house of God and that we really need as a church people to begin to take this very seriously. And um, Terry and I are in a myriad of churches and we see uh, so many people that are distracted, you know, by the world, oh, yeah. distracted by their personal problems. And it's not that God doesn't care. I mean, the whole Bible is for you to, to uh, take this word, hide it in your heart <laughs> and make it work for you. Say it out of your mouth and make more declarative statements about how things are going to go in your life instead of your whole prayer life being crisis oriented <laughs> and you just are always begging and a pleading and, and you're uh, you know, almost like act, asking Jesus to drop kick you through the goalposts of life. Lord, help me, Jesus. And all of these prayers where we're just begging and pleading and and um, I think a lot of times wasting our our time and our breath when we should be just declaring the Word of God. And then we, the enemy wants you distracted by fear. Yes. And then as yeah, Mark yeah, chapter sure. 4 says, you know, those five things that are in Mark chapter 4, that literally choke out the word. Sure, sure. Choke out the word. Those that, things are always there. They're always and, and there. They were there in Jesus' day, and Jesus called it our attention and said, Listen, you need to know what's going to happen when you hear the word. That's right. That's right. The sower is going to come and sow the word. That's right. You're going to go to church tonight and hear the word. You're going to, you're going to hear it today on the podcast. But, but when the word gets sown right. into soil, into ground, then this is what's going to happen based on the type of ground it is. And so it's up to the the individual Christian to That's make right. sure what their ground the is, hearer, what their ground's the like. Ground. The hearer yeah. needs to get the ground ready. Well, you know, we Jesus... just did, I just, uh, before we left on this three and a half week trip, um, one of my grandsons, Jackson, uh, uh, Lynn's boy, Jackson Myers, and I built a raised uh, flower bed. Right. Uh, you know, we went to the went to the lumber yard and bought lumber. And, right. You know, and we bought we bought the right kind of soil, two or three kinds of soil, <laughs> and uh, and we set it up and, and, and nailed the lumber together and made a raised bed, and then we put the right kind of soil in it, and we got all that ready just so we could plant seed in it. That's right. I didn't just go out in the backyard and grab some tomato seed and throw it. No, that's right. You know, we, we prepared the soil. We yeah. knew what kind of soil we wanted the tomatoes to be planted in. 
uh, and I'm expecting to eat uh, some good tomatoes here in a few weeks. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and that soil preparation is left up to each individual believer to prepare your heart to receive the Word of God and then produce with the Word of God. But I noticed there in Mark chapter 4, that parable that Jesus said, if we don't understand this one, how are we going to get all the others? No, of course. I mean, those were his words, is that there's actually an effort to steal the Word while the Word is being preached. It says, while the sower sows the Word, the fowls of the air come to take it away. And I see so many Christians that while the preacher is up preaching or while they're trying to read their Bible, their thoughts get all consumed with something else. They're sitting in church trying to hear the word and they look at brother so-and-so that's offended them or they look over at sister so-and-so that got a new car and she shouldn't have that car. And those are, those <laughs> you know? are just tricks of the enemy yeah, to tricks keep of the you enemy. from hearing the word and yes. to choke out the word. Right, and since man, woman, boys and girls look on the outward appearance the enemy is always trying to distract you by how you hear jesus said take heed how you hear said it a bunch of times a bunch of times i used to wonder in the bible why did jesus say that so much and then when i started realizing some principles about faith i said right. oh say it some more say it some more right because there's the distraction of other people around you. There's a distraction that you didn't like the music. There's a distraction that, that the preacher spent, uh, you know, 60 seconds too long receiving the offering so that your heart is not prepared to sure. receive the word. Sure. So immediately the fowls of the air right there in church, and this is just an example, um, is stealing the word. The fowls are coming immediately. You don't even hear it. Sure. You don't even no, get it. And then there are those five other things that uh, come to steal the word because your heart has either thorns or rocks or a combination of both in it. And those five things are likened to the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust, lust for, other, for things, other things, persecution. You know, a lot of people it says can't persecutions stand. Persecutions arise for the word's sake. For the word's sake. It's not exactly. even arising to get you, it's arising right. to tear down the word, which will get you. Yeah, you're not that important necessarily. You and I are not that important, except that we are carriers of the word of God. That's exactly and then right. it says affliction, which is really trouble of any kind. That word right there in a, that they used to translate that is that word affliction. It means trouble of any kind health trouble, money trouble, marriage trouble, kid trouble. Any kind of trouble sure, sure. that wants to come and, and, you know, deposit its residue at your house. And you've got to be sharp enough, smart enough, mature enough to run those things off with your faith. Because nobody's going to care more about it than you do. No, that's You're right. not going to be able to go to church and find somebody that cares more about your life than you do when it comes to running off the fowls of this air, the fowls of the air, getting the thorns out of your heart and getting the rocks out of your heart. Because really, you and the Holy Ghost are the ones that are going to have to do that wicked, um, uh, sometimes unenjoyable job sure. of getting your own heart ready to sure. receive the Word of God. And we've, got, we've been called upon in these last days, Terry, to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Well, that's the truth. To be that's delivered from wicked and unscrupulous men and women, to be delivered from people that would deceive you and lead you astray, from people that would distract you from circumstances and things that would you could be drawn away by your own lust into some level of disobedience 
um, to where you are held captive against your will, some place where you are in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people doing the wrong things, and then cry to the Lord, help me. And of course, God is merciful at, you know, in, in situations. But on the other hand, we can't just be ignorant, as Jesus said. Do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. No, that's And that's what true. Wednesday night church is for. Sure it is. <laughs> that's what sure Sunday is. church is sure for. Is. That's what that, podcasts are for. Get in that house of God every chance you get. Hear the word every chance you get. That's right. Because Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes yes. by hearing. What a simple Doesn't plan. Doesn't come by praying. You don't say, oh, God, give me faith. Oh, God, give me faith. Oh, God, give me faith. <laughs> right, it right. comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, uh, you know, really, I've always said it comes one other way, too. This isn't in the Bible, but it's certainly biblical. Uh, is It comes from having a relationship with God. Isn't that true? If you have yeah. a relationship with God and you get to know him, right, you right. know his word. If you know his word, you know him then you'll know what he will do and what he won't do. No, that's right. And then you'll have faith for certain things because you know, well, God will do that. No, and other, other times people come to you and say, Brother Terry, pray for me. Sister Renee, pray for me. And you say, okay, what about? And they tell you what it's about. And you think, uh, I can't pray that because God's not going to do it. Uh, I have no faith for that. I can't, I can't muster any <laughs> yeah, faith for no, that. I can't, it's amazing. I can't generate or create any faith for that because God's not going to do that. That's, or in a lot of times, it's their job. Sure. They're going to have to do that. Sure, of course. You know, they're going to have course. to be faithful and tough and strong and not be lazy and fearful. Absolutely. And that, boy, that's one thing the word will get out. You know, being a Christian will keep you from being, and that's lazy and fearful. No, that's right. You don't have to be a coward anymore. That's wonderful to me. Well, no, it's tremendous. You know, you, know, you made the statement a while ago that uh, God said to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, right. and uh, you've heard me say that many times that Oral Roberts, uh, one of my fathers in the faith, well, Robert said that to me right. uh, personally. Not in, I don't mean in a sermon or in a book or in a tape or something, but I mean sitting visiting. Uh, Oral and I had many a meal together, and we sat and visited many, many a time together. And uh, back when we both lived in Tulsa, there was a day when I lived in Tulsa and he lived in Tulsa, and right. we spent a lot of time together, sometimes just me and Oral, and sometimes uh, Jackie and Evelyn would be involved, you know, or Evelyn would call and say, y'all come up for supper, and Jackie and I'd go up there. Or other times I'd just go, Oral would call and I'd just go up there. But, but uh, Oral uh, made the statement to me uh, w way back in the 80s, and he said, Terry, the word says, be wise as a serpent and be harmless as a dove. Mm -hmm. And he was talking specifically about the two big scandals that were going on right then in the church with uh, Jimmy Baker out at PTL in Charlotte, North Carolina, and with Jimmy Swagger right. in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, uh, those of you that remember, I won't go in and dig up, uh, you know, beat a dead horse or bring up the church's dirty laundry again. But those of you that remember that will remember that Brother Swaggart, Jimmy Swaggart, uh, saw some some things that were going on out at PTL that weren't right. Uh, he saw some sin in the camp. He saw some things that weren't weren't right and so on and so forth. Um, and so when he did, instead of handling that correctly, Renee, handle it like a Christian, handle it like the Bible says to handle it, he, uh, he acted like some heathen out here in the world, and he, he aired the church's dirty laundry, to the world, and he got oh. the news media involved. Well, the news media isn't going to understand the things of God. You know, they, they can read the Bible till they're blue in the face, but right. unless they're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, they're not going to understand it. Uh, because we, we Christians, you know, we talk a different language. 
You know, if you know if you came to me or somebody at the church were preaching that tonight, New Wine with with Pastor Dolby, if somebody came to me and said, Brother Terry said, I was praying this last week and the Spirit of God spoke to me and he told me to do this and this and this and this, I wouldn't think a thing in the world about that. That's just normal. But now, if you went to your banker and sat in the bank and said uh, to the bank officer, now, now the Spirit of God spoke to me this week and he told me, God told me to do this and this and this and this. The banker said, what? God talks to you? You hear from God? You know, people are accusing Mike Pence, you know, vice president of, of, what? You're saying that you talk to God? You're saying that God talks to you? Well, the world does not understand the church. Right. And they never will understand the church. That's for sure. That's why it's a bit, it's a sin and it's wrong for Christians to go air the church's dirty laundry to the world, to tell the neighbors, to tell the news media. And so this is what Brother Swagger did. He, he got the news media involved uh, uh, in the situation that was going on out of PTL. And so Oral Roberts said this to me. He said, Terry, he said, uh, Brother Swagger was right as far as seeing the problem. He was as wise as a serpent. He saw a problem. He saw the sin. Uh, he recognized the sin. He knew it was sin. And he, he realized that the sin was there. And he said, so he was, he was right. He was correct. He was accurate. He was wise as a serpent. He said, but the instant he became harmful with it, True. instead of harmless with it, he said he became wrong. He said, even though he was right, he was wrong. And he said, any time a Christian... Uh, is as wise as a serpent, and they see something going on, but they become harmful with that situation instead of becoming harmless with the with the situation. He said, then even though they're right, they become wrong. And I tell you, Renee, that was a great, great, great revelation to me. And he went on and explained some other things. He told me some things that were going to happen uh, to Brother Swaggart because of it. He, he actually prophesied to me and said he's going to fall once and then he's going to fall twice. And, uh, and, and I tell you, I was just flabbergasted at hearing that way back in the 80s. You know, God speak, uh, telling me this from this great prophet of God. Uh, but, you know, this Sunday's Father's Day. That's right. And, uh, yes, it is. I talk a lot about the fathers in the faith. In fact, if people go back and get my old original book, More Than Conquerors, it's 41 years old this year. I talk about fathers of faith in that book. I mean, I've always talked about the fathers in the faith. And, and some of these guys that I talk about all the time, I talk about Oral Roberts, I talk about T.L. Osborne, I talk about uh, Kenneth Hagan, I talk about John Osteen, I talk about uh, Hilton Sutton, you know, I, I talk about I talk about Brother Copeland and Brother Brother Price, Fred Price and Kenneth Copeland, even though they're they're still with us, they're alive right. today. Right. Uh, but they're still fathers in the in the faith to me. They might not be to somebody else, right. but they are to me. And so I was thinking this this week as Father's Day is coming up, I was just thinking uh, I, I thought I ought to do a book on what my fathers in the faith have told me. No, that's I mean, right. personally told me. Not, so not, not, not that I heard in a sermon or not that I read in one of their books or heard on a CD no, or a right, tape, right. but things that they personally looked me in the eye and personally told me. And that was a tremendous lesson that, that uh, Brother, Brother Roberts taught. He literally taught me a lesson after he made the statement. Then he went on and taught a lesson about uh, how to do that and how not to do that and how that you should be as wise as a serpent at all times and always be aware in the spirit and see things that are going on. But he exactly. said you never, you never see those things and then run and become harmful with it or go and become greedy and thinking I might, if I bring that preacher down, maybe I can get his stuff. Maybe I can get what he's got. Maybe I can get his television station or his radio station or his ministry or his church building. He said, because of the instant you become harmful, and he talked about how doves have no gall, 
you know, and no gallbladder, and they don't put gall. And, and he said, you know, d- doves are harmless. And he uh-huh. said, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, you should always be right, always be accurate, always be uh, listening to the Spirit and be uh, sensitive to the Spirit, and so you can be wise as a serpent. But he said, you must always, must, M-U-S-T, you must remain harmless with that and not become harmful with it because the instant you become harmful, then even though you were right, you're wrong. Well, and now you're exactly. going to face a consequence. No, and it, and again, we go back to the to the fact that the, the whole book of Proverbs was to help you clean your act up in dealing with other people. Sure. And that, uh, like Jesus said about Andrew when he was out there, uh, you know, talking with the, gathering up disciples, he when Andrew started walking towards him, he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Yeah, that's right. So there has to be the heart cleansing, the the sense that we have a heavenly Father that really is looking after us, and I and and wants to to bring us into a family atmosphere of that. Would you do that to your brother or your sister? Right, right. Would you do that to your father or your mother? Would you do that to some a, a child? You know, in a family that there is that sense of loyalty and protection, and that that people can trust you uh, to cover their um, their their missteps and to brag on their accomplishments. You know, you get it from both sides. But I, I wanted, when we talk about Fathers Ephesians 3 there, Paul talked about that we look to the fathers in the sense that we look to the ultimate example of our Heavenly Father. Sure. And, that, and he says there in the Amplified that it's the Father from whom, from all, whom father all fatherhood hood wow. derives its title and takes its name. Takes its name. All fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you can say that three or four times. All, All fatherhood, fatherhood in the whole universe, universe takes its title and its name it, that's from right. Almighty God, who Almighty is the God. Father. You know, he was Happy just, Father's Day, Lord. <laughs> yes, really. And I wanted to leave you with one scripture here that is, I've meditated well, on I want to say one thing, too, sure, before sure. we close this out. Although I know we've got to go because we've got church tonight. Exactly. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, um, Isaiah, I've been thinking about this for a month or so. I just kept going back to this scripture, and I've read it several times here over the last few weeks. But it's in Isaiah 51. It says, For the Lord will comfort um, Zion. And he's saying, He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her a wilderness like Eden and a desert like the garden of the joy and of the Lord with gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of song or instrument. But the two verses that are above that tell you why. Because verse 3 starts out, For the Lord. And indicating, it says, Hearken to me, you who follow after rightness and justice, you who seek and inquire for the Lord. Look to the rock from whence you were hewn, and to the quarry from whence you were dug. He says, Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you, for I called him when he was but one, and I blessed him, and I made him many. Yeah, and then amen. he goes on to say, for the Lord wants to comfort you with this <laughs> and make your life so blessed and wonderful. And so that's the whole image of, of looking to the Father, is look to the rock. Right. Look to the things that the church is built yes, on. Yes. Look to the foundational truths, the simple things. 
Yeah, don't just look for some new revelation coming down the pike, you know, but you look for something that's been tried and true and proven coming from the fathers, not no, not just right. coming from, you know, a, a, a church person, even though church people can have great revelation, right. not just even coming from a young lion. I, I believe in young lions, and I appreciate young lions, and I, I've helped to uh, promote and create young lions over the decades, but, but they're still not fathers. We want to look to the fathers and see what did the fathers say? Well, what's the word? What's the true word? And speaking of all that, before we close, I want to just say one one thing about one of my fathers in the faith and someone that I, I count a personal friend and someone that uh, you and I appreciate and believe and respect, and we partner with their ministry. And I've partnered with, with the ministry for decades and de- decades. I mean, I've known, I've known them for 45 years personally. But this last week or maybe week before last, uh, Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland was, uh, and this has been on Facebook and it's been on YouTube, or I wouldn't even bring it up, but people know it and they're talking about it and wondering about it. But uh, but Brother Copeland uh, and Gloria were coming out of somewhere the other night and they were getting in their car. And some uh, unethical uh, journalist, uh, young lady, uh, ambushed them and started just popping questions to them and trying to, and, and you know, those people don't seem to me to ever want to know the truth no. or ever want to try to help somebody. They're right. always trying to make a name for themselves right. and, and pull some minister down and try to, try to, uh, cause trouble. Right. And so she ran up to him and started just shooting questions at him. And she said, how much did you pay Tyler Perry for your jet? And, you know, and just things like that. And, uh, I, I just want to say that, uh, Uh, A couple of things about Kenneth Copeland. I've known Kenneth personally and Gloria for 45 years. Uh, And uh, uh, they are the the squeakiest, cleanest uh, ministries probably on the planet. And, of course, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and other news agencies have gone after them for years and years and years. And that that, that knothead over in Dallas that calls himself a, a watchdog that's always trying to bring down <laughs> ministries. I forget his name, and I wouldn't even give him give him the recognition of saying his name if I could even remember him. But he's just a jerk uh, and calls himself a watchdog. I mean, can you imagine? He, he thinks he's God's little watchdog to go make all the preachers be nice. And so he's always trying to bring down preachers. And so he's been after Brother Copeland for years. And there's never anything there. Brother Copeland is clean, and the ministry's clean. And, and uh, every I's dotted and every T's crossed, and every time they've gone after him, I mean, for decades, it's always just been clean, 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 clean. And, uh, and so this little reporter runs, runs out after him the other night, shouting all these questions at him. And, and I just want to say a couple of things about that. I want to say, number one, I'm just shocked that he was gracious enough to talk to her. I certainly wouldn't have talked to her. I simply would have looked at her and smiled and said, young lady, uh, I just have a policy that uh, I don't answer questions when I'm ambushed on the way to my car. If you'd like to speak with me, then call the office and make an appointment, and I'd be happy for you to come in and talk. Uh, because what she did was so rude and so so unethical and so wrong that, that I'm just, I just have to give Kenneth kudos for even talking to her. And not only did he talk to her, he was gracious to her, and not only was he gracious to her, he ended up praying for her after after it was all over. And uh, she she tried to, you know, bring him down on the prosperity thing. And she said, my grandpa, both of my grandpas are preachers, and they were both poor. Well, instead of Kenneth saying something snide or smart aleck or, or even something true that would have been a, a hard truth uh, that, that some of us would have said about, you know, uh, what they may or may not have done or believed, he just simply said, well, thank God for ministers like that. You know, and I just thought Kenneth handed him himself graciously. And then I want to say on top of that, I want to say that, that Stephen Strang, the editor of Charisma uh, magazine, 
actually came out with a wonderful article defending Kenneth and saying some of these things I've said, but saying much better than I've said and in much more space and just talking about how uh, how bad it was what she did and how well he handled it uh, and and so on and so forth. But anyway, since it's coming up Father's Day, uh, I, and Kenneth's a father in the faith, somebody I respect highly, and we we support every month in the ministry and have for you. You know, you know, I've I've helped pay for those airplanes. You and I've helped pay oh, for those airplanes. Right. We're glad we he's sure got have. them. We sure you know, have. Uh, we're a member of what they call the Citation Ten Club. I don't right. know how long I've been a member of that club. Probably since it was began. Right. Uh, and he's been through several jets since then. And I've given to every one of them. <laughs> We've given several thousands of dollars That's to every right. one of them. So bottom line is, to all you reporters, is us partners. We. You know, she said, uh, he, t- he told her once, he said, well, young lady, so that's really none of your business. She said, well, it's your donor's business. Well, well, let me say on behalf of the donors, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we, we know he needed the airplane. He told us personally and he needed the airplane. The, we know he a stands great up deal. And, he stands up and tells the crowd, this is the plane I'm believing God for. Here's how much it costs. Here's what we're believing for. And if you all want to give to it, then please help us. And we said, yes, we want to help. Yeah. And so we gave, just you and I, out of our ministry, gave money and out of our personal uh finances we gave money and so did all those other donors and bought that airplane for well, him and so many people and so don't he can even know so he can the... fly around the world and do the things he needs to do for god tremendous things kenneth and gloria do to help well, no they so don't tell what all they give they're some of the biggest givers on the planet they really are and they're such blessers and and they don't brag about that and talk right. about that and tell right. everybody what they did but you know they've blessed us they've helped us go overseas and do do Crusades. They've helped Reinhardt Monkey uh, do all kind of crusades around the world. They they just help. They help our friend Rick Renner over in Moscow. I mean, they they help so many people. Uh, But anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, for somebody that may be on the fence and thinking that, hey, you know, what's this deal and what's wrong with you know what my brother Copeland do that? I just want to say, you know, Happy Father's Day to him. He is a father in the faith. He's responsible for so many of us preachers. Uh, being the success that we are today, helping us be a success by teaching the Word of God to us. And uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, how, what happened and how it was handled. And uh, again, we need to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Sure. And we want to add to that as well. Please call your fathers, go see your fathers. Yes. Take them little gifts, do things to honor them, take your children. Physical and spiritual. And then your spiritual fathers and pastors and people that labor as Paul said, in the in the field of the ministry, and uh, always war, always honor. It's one of the greatest things you can do, as and make your reputation in heaven, earth, and hell. Well, our time is absolutely gone. We've got to run out the door here to church, but we want to tell you how much we love you. We're praying for you, and we believe that that what you hear will produce much fruit in your life. And then happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. God bless you. We'll we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.